Welcome to Write Your Book in a Flash with Dan Janelle, the only podcast where you'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made more money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more, go to writeyourbookinaflash.com. Memoirs can change the lives of readers, but they can also change your life as you write the book. We're going to learn how a memoir changed the life the life of our current uh, interview guest on our show today. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Dan Janelle. I'm a book coach, developmental editor, and ghostwriter. And no matter where you are in the writing process, I can help you write and finish your book. Now, let's get started. Our guest today is Zebra Levine who has written two memoirs that have changed her life. Her life. Why can't I say that correctly? Okay. So, Deborah, tell us a little bit more about the books and how it changed your life. Thank you for having me. I would love to share. I've written many books, and I never expected to write a memoir. Did anybody want to hear about me? But, right, after I was the community director of the Jewish Federation in Tulsa shortly after the Oklahoma City bombing. Mm-hmm. And my father informed me what he had done during World War II as a military intelligence officer, and that he had kept all his letters to my mother and hers to his hidden away in a cabinet in his closet. I decided maybe I should change my mind and write something about him and how it has influenced me. And writing that memoir, right, took a long time because it was transformational. I had not realized how much my father had influenced the social justice work that I've done. And when I started to read the letters, I just cried. It took me a long time to pull it together. And I started off, I sent a little draft to my dad, who in his military intelligence way said, well, you're coming along, dear. We've met. It's a bunch of crap, right? So I did redo and redo. And the truth is, I never did publish it until long after he had passed. It took me years to just absorb what it was that he had seen, that he had talked about, and it changed how I thought forever. Why don't you give us some examples uh, from, from your book or from your memory? How did it change? First of all, what is the content that changed you, and how did it change you? When I realized that my father, and he was just daddy, right, had been trained at a secret military intelligence camp called Camp Ritchie to interrogate Nazi prisoners of war, I realized um, why he was a little bit on the scary side. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I, I, I had, I had once asked one of his friends who uh, worked with him. He was the chief financial officer in his retirement at the American Jewish Archives. What do you think it was like growing up as the only daughter of this man? 
And he said, well, let me just put it this way. You're lucky you had your mom. Because <laughs> uh, dad was precise, analytic, and his memories and his letters were not just about what he saw, which was very frightening enough, but it was also an analysis of what had happened in Germany to have produced this Nazism that overcame everyone in the country. And it sounded a little too familiar, especially when in Tulsa, I was being trained by the FBI to deal with neo-Nazis on our native soil. So I, I became so much more aware of what was going on under the surface. And I made it part of my life to make sure that people saw what he had seen and what now I saw. But without Daddy, I would never have gone in that direction. Oh, it sounds like the book is part historical information about what he saw and what you had seen and how you had uh, developed along the way. Um, so you said the book took a long time to write. I'm guessing it took a long time to process. I know when I work with people with <laughs> memoirs, and I don't do it anymore for this reason, uh, there's a lot of psychology involved. So how did you process that? Uh, I did have help. I had, to, I had to get help. And what the psychologist told me was the children of liberators, like my father, he liberated a death camp during many, actually, during the war. They have as much trauma in their system as their children of the survivors themselves. And what I realized was I had, like my father, compartmentalized it so I could have a normal life. But in dealing with it, it changed me. And in fact, it, it, was, it was a gift, even though it was a burden. And the second memoir that I wrote was far more personal and emotional because I could. It's called The Magic Marble Tree, right? And it is fa a fascinating journey that I've done. And I weave Dad's letters into it as well as my mom and what I've done with it. And I really want to share with you something special. Right? I wanted people to see, to experience what I had. And so I learned how to write a script based on the two memoirs and how to create a documentary that blended the two together. And that documentary was at first a radio play called Untold Stories of a World War II Liberator. And then I got help to make it into a real documentary with imagery, photographs. And it's been out there internationally, film festivals. I teach about it because it's been my mission right, to share all of these stories. And somehow I built the strength, right, 
to wrap my mind around it and share it with others and answer their questions. Great. That's very inspiring. How do you, you know, we know that memoirs are not autobiographies or, you know, I was born on this day and, you know, take you through 18 years when this magical thing happened. And how do you decide what to include and what not to include in a memoir? Well, the first one was, was quite historical, as you said, right? And um, choosing what to use was, was going through my father's letters, and there were so many of them, and deciding what it was that I wanted people to see and to give the context, including the fact that he was a first-generation-born American and his family had come from Latvia, Lithuania, Ukrainian era, area. I wanted to give context. As I went into the more personal memoir, it started off with a story about my childhood in Bermuda that would give people an idea of who I was. The magic marble tree. And it's it's a funny story of my brother telling me as I'm outside in the garden that if I just plant my favorite marbles, a magic tree would blossom with all the marbles I'd ever want. And I kept waiting for it to happen because I did. I, I, I planted them. And I did. And, fi- and nothing came up. And finally, my brother came to me with... Our, his dog, Woofy, and said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm waiting for the tree. And he says to me, I can't believe you fell for that. And, <laughs> and I got so mad because it's pretty much my personality and his. And I said, come on, Woofy, we're going to fly away from here. And we ran off and Joe yells, dogs can't fly. But <laughs> <laughs> and so you can see the personal mm-hmm. in the magic marble tree, the very different look of it, because I had made my peace with telling these stories, and I was ready to really be me in all of the silly silliness that I had <laughs> embraced throughout my life. Right. Well, that's a fun story. I'm sure it's a fun read. I'm just curious now as to the whole publishing process, because were you writing it for yourself or did you think that this book would be something that you could share with other people and change their lives too? At first I thought, especially with the first one, Liberator's Daughter, I thought it would just be for me and my family something to remember daddy by and have everything written down. But as I went through the process, I realized um, I'm writing a piece of history that most people don't even know. I think I better rethink this. Uh, and so I did, uh, I did write it. I had, uh, I did have an editor, uh, but I decided to self-publish. And um, in doing so, that gave me more control over it, and I have gone in sometimes and, and changed a little bit here and there. But um, I have published some books through traditional uh, book publishers, but 
the the memoirs were so personal. I wanted them. To ha- I wanted to have control over them completely. Uh, a lot of people wish they were you, in that they write their book and you turn it into a movie. Uh, <laughs> I've had a lot of prospects come to me and say, "I have three books inside me and a screenplay," and, a, and, and it's like, "Okay, get focused." Also, pretty exact opposite, but it and it works. Whereas these people, it doesn't work when you have so many things on your plate. But it worked for you, sort of organically. So, take us through that process of. How did you turn a book into a documentary? Okay, so I wasn't originally going to do that any more than I was going to write the memoir. Uh, but I was uh, invited after I gave a, a presentation about the book at, uh, at a local church by one of the members in the audience to be with him on stage for a film that he made. He was, we're in Chattanooga, so it's unlikely, but he was Hollywood. And it was called Wrestling Jerusalem, and I agreed, and that's how I met him. Years later, I asked him if he would find someone to put it into a script in a movie. And he said, no, we ha- don't have enough women in Hollywood doing it. You do it. <laughs> so um, he coached me. It wasn't easy. Trust me. Every single word, line, had to be precisely the way they wanted in this industry, which I was not familiar with. But I persevered, and so did he. And this, the, but the original script was not the documentary. It was a TV pilot about my life. And that TV pilot has won in 31 international film festivals. So writing the untold stories of the World War II Liberator as a originally a radio play was easy. (laughs) (laughs) I'd gone through a sort of uh, script writing boot camp already. And once you learn, you can do it again and again, which I have. I've done even more than the documentary, but that's another story. So I was able to do that, and then I wanted it to have an international presence. And uh, I in, got in touch with something called Jewish Life TV, and they mentored me in doing the graphics to it, to the audio. Again, another boot camp experience. And I would tell your audience, right, if anyone offers to mentor you, just say thank you, no matter how rough it is, how critical they're going to be. Go for it again and again. Wow. Uh, So it's it's pretty clear that, you know, book writing has uh, really changed your professional life. Um, And you've got a lot of good breaks along the way, which is... You know, good content rises to the top. So I think that's the bottom line message of our, of our story today. But how did it change you personally? What were you before you had written the books? And how did it... Okay. What what, ha- what happened to you? Yeah. How did it change your life? I've got it financially, but emotionally, psychologically. Okay. So I never intended to be the author I've become. I was actually um, a bureaucrat, an executive with uh, Jewish agencies, and um, I 
had originally actually been a dancer and I had a dance company. So uh, I, I never thought about being an author. However, right, I applied for to get a postdoctoral fellowship writing about the history, I love history, of Baroque dance. And I actually published it. Go figure. <laughs> That's when they came to me and said, how about you write another a chapter for a book for the Ch Chicago Liturgy uh, Department? And I said, well, why me? And they said, once you're published on something like that, you can write anything. Okay, so off I went, and I did it, especially since they told me they'd pay me. <laughs> no, you couldn't. <laughs> and I, I did that. I did another book because I got sick, and I couldn't continue doing the 24-7 as a bureaucrat. And I started to write because I was so sick. And that's happened to me a couple of times, and writing has saved my life. It's created a new career for me each time. And the next book <laughs> was called Teaching Curious Christians About Judaism. It won a National Press Award. And years later, I found it was being used here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, not back up in Chicago where it was published. And the gentleman in charge said, if you rewrite this and put it all together, I'll take it to the Vatican as a present for the Pope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it has indeed changed so much of what I th realize I'm capable of and we can do and how much we can influence the world by writing. Fantastic. What a wonderful story. Thank you so much for being with us today. As we wrap up, let's... Uh... Make sure we have the titles of the two books and the documentary recorded, and I'll put the put them in the show notes. And also tell us your website address so people can learn more about you and your writing. Sure. So memoir number one is the Liberator's Daughter. That's me, by the way. Number two is the Magic Marble Tree. The documentary is called Untold, Stories of a World War II Liberator. And you can find a link to it and to more information about all of what I've done and other people and giving other people a voice on my website, which is called AmericanDiversityReport.com. AmericanDiversityReport.com. Well, thank you very much, Deborah, for a very insightful and inspiring interview. And thanks, everyone, for listening. We have more than 200 episodes of Write Your Book in a Flash on this YouTube channel. So check them out so you can write and finish your book. And if you think I can help you with your book, please set, uh, go to my website and uh, set up an appointment with me so we can see if it's a good fit. Thank you for listening. Again, thank you very much, Deborah. Goodbye. Pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Write Your Book in a Flash podcast with Dan Janelle, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. If you're ready to take 
your next step to write the book that can transform your business, I invite you to schedule a free, no obligation consulting call with me by going to writeyourbookinaflash.com. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.